Welcome back, everybody. Today, we're revisiting a few stocks that we dove into a couple months back that have reported new quarterly earnings, just to see how they're doing and how our original analysis is holding up so far. And those stocks are PayPal, Disney, and Crocs. So let's get started with PayPal. Now, back in August, this is what I said when PayPal was around $62 a share. But from a long-term hold perspective, it's not something I'd have a lot of confidence in personally, at least right now. Because to me, there's too many questions about what they're actually focused on for the future and being able to see that progress actually broken down in numbers. Plus, I see their cash flows being more and more at risk with margins reducing and stock-based comp increasing. So because of those reasons, PayPal would not be a buy right now, at least for me. And if we look at PayPal today, it's around $54 and down over 14% since that video. Compared to the S&P 500, that's down about 3% over that same time period. And that's even after a 5% increase following their most recent earnings report. So it's been pretty tough going for PayPal, but let's take a look at how they've executed this year to try to find out what's going on. Now, PayPal gave the following guidance for 2023 in their Q4 2022 earnings call. Q1 net revenues up 7.5%. Q1 gap earnings per share, 62 to 64 cents. And full year gap earnings per share, $3.27. And now if we look at their Q1 results, net revenues were up 9% and gap earnings per share was 70 cents. So they basically hit on all measures and they also updated their guidance for Q2. Q2 net revenue guidance was expected to grow about 6.5 to 7%. Q2 gap earnings per share, 81 to 83 cents. And then the full year gap earnings per share guidance was increased to $3.42. And they added full year guidance for buybacks, which was expected to reach $4 billion. So Q1 was a really good quarter in terms of results and guidance. So how did PayPal stock perform? Well, it dropped about 15% from $75 to around $64. Because while they met all their guidance and raised it for the rest of the year, their growth was slowing and quarter to quarter revenues, profit and operating income were down. This is probably obvious, but slowing growth for a stock that people view as a growth stock is usually not a good thing. So let's see how they did in Q2. In Q2, net revenue was up 7%. Gap earnings per share was $0.92. Cents. And so again, they hit on both measures. And they updated guidance, which was Q3 net revenues to be up 8%. Gap earnings per share to be $0.85 to $0.87. Cents. And then the full year gap earnings per share guidance was increased to $3.49. Plus, they increased the guidance on buybacks to be up to $5 billion. And at that point in the year, PayPal stock had climbed back up to about $73 a share, but then immediately dropped back down to $64, right where it was after Q1 earnings. So let's go to Q3. In Q3, net revenues were up 8%, and then gap earnings per share was $0.93. Cents. So again, they hit on both measures, and their updated guidance was as follows. Q4 net revenues would be up 6-7%. Gap earnings per share would be $1.20, and then full year gap earnings per share was increased to $3.75. So if we judge PayPal based on how they met their guidance, they've had a really good year. But I think the issue with this stock is their historical valuations versus their prospects going forward. Because PayPal has slowing growth, decreasing margins, and increasing stock-based compensation. Now, while their large amount of buybacks are nice, I think what people are missing is that maybe PayPal is actually closer to fair value for what kind of company it actually is. Because if you listen to people on Twitter, PayPal is the next Meta, which to me is just a crazy statement to make. Because Meta has data assets that are some of the most valuable in the world. Comparing that to PayPal's business makes no sense, and I think that's part of the issue. 
because PayPal has pretty much only traded under a 25 PE this year. And for most of the last 10 years, it's traded at over 30 PE. So it was traded like a high-tech growth stock, but to me, it's way closer to a financial services stock than anything else. And if we compare it to something like American Express, you can see that historically PayPal's PE is just now coming down to where American Express is at. And if we compare some basic numbers, PayPal is at a 16 PE of 15 price to cash flow with an 8% projected revenue growth. That's well below its five-year average. American Express is at a 14 PE with a five price to cash flow, and they have a 16% projected revenue growth that's above their five-year average. Now, even if you just use their year-over-year number and not the projected number, it's still higher than PayPal's, and it's still higher than their five-year average. Now, obviously, I understand that they're different businesses, and American Express is actually a bank, and PayPal's not, and all of that. But American Express also has a wider mode business and pays a dividend that averages a 10% increase every year. So why would investors want PayPal unless they think it's going to go back to a 30 PE? But I personally don't. Now, obviously, with all the buybacks that PayPal is doing, their earnings per share numbers have been very good. So you could, in theory, just assume that they're going to stay at about a 15 PE, continue to buy back stock, and the price should naturally rise as the 15 PE multiple gets attached to their growing earnings per share number. That would be a realistic value play for PayPal, but at its current price, I think it's actually closer to fair value than people think. And in terms of long-term prospects, it's a company that just isn't really interesting to me at all. All right, let's talk about Disney. Back in August, Disney was trading at about $91, and I said this. I would want to see the turnaround actually happening in the financials. You know, maybe they get to a point to where they're paying a dividend again, but by that point, they're going to be up, you know, maybe 30, 40, 50%. And that's okay. My goal isn't to catch every company on its lowest point. It's to buy growing, profitable companies. And right now, Disney's just not that. And since then, Disney is actually up 1.48%, and the S&P 500 is down around 2.61% during that same time period. But as you can see, Disney pretty much followed the S&P down over the past three months or so until they just reported earnings on November 8th. And then it shot up about 5 to 6% afterwards. So let's take a look at how they've executed and what was in that most recent earnings report. Now, their 2023 forecast included these items, revenue growth in the high single digits, operating income growth, again in the high single digits, direct to consumer profitability in 2024, so not this year, and then restoration of the dividend by end of year 2023. And so if we look at their Q1 results, they had revenue growth that was 8%, they had operating income growth that was actually a negative 7%, and then they had their direct-to-consumer operating income at negative $1 billion. So revenues hit, but most of the rest didn't look too great. Now, obviously, they have until the end of the year to announce a dividend reinstatement. And in terms of direct-to-consumer turning a profit, they have until the end of 2024. But Q1's loss was greater than the loss in the previous year. Okay, so let's look at Q2. Revenue growth was 13%, and operating income growth was negative 11%. Direct-to-consumer operating income was a negative $659 million. And now if we look at Q3, revenue growth was up 4%. Operating income growth was actually flat. And direct-to-consumer operating income was negative $512 million. And then lastly, Q4, which they just announced, revenue growth was up 5%. Operating income growth was 86%. And direct-to-consumer operating income was a negative $420 million. And so if we look at the full year results for revenue growth and operating income, revenue growth was up 7% and operating income growth was up 6%. 
So Disney pretty much missed on operating income the whole year until the very end. So that had to be part of their plan in terms of what they expected in Q4. And look, they're doing some positive things. Overall revenue growth was okay, and they're clearly cutting costs to improve operating income. Their direct-to-consumer is trending towards profitability, and their experience in parks division has been growing in 2023 with increased prices, longer stays, and in some cases, increased attendance. But I still think they have some really important milestones ahead of them that they need to execute on. Like one, the dividend hasn't been announced yet. Now, they did say it would be announced before end of calendar year 2023, so there's still time. And their direct-to-consumer hasn't been profitable yet, but they have their 2024 target. Now, they've also mentioned that they expect to grow free cash flow in 2024 to levels that haven't been seen since pre-pandemic. And other than that, I'd like to just see sustainability of the results that they got last quarter, because a lot of the improvement was due to higher prices, which likely have a limit at some point, and lower marketing, technology, and distribution spend. Now, is that sustainable? I'm not really sure. But if you look at the concerns with the stock, I think they're pretty much the same as they were back in August. And so for me, the quarter was a step in the right direction, but I would need to see them continue over multiple multiple quarters, see them reinstate that dividend, and probably see direct-to-consumer profitable before I would even consider it. But that's just me. All right, let's talk about Crocs. So back in September, Crocs was trading around $90, and I said this. So I have Crocs as a buy, but it depends on what type of investor you are. Because Crocs is a mid-cap growth company with a beta of 1.66. And what that means is that there's going to be a lot of volatility and wide swings in their price compared to the broader market. Now, for example, when I first evaluated Crocs for the stock analysis library, it was trading at $93.37. And over the past week, it's dipped almost 8%. So if you're someone who's looking for a consistent dividend payer that's going to just consistently grow slowly and not have wide price swings, this is not for you. Now, I don't currently own Crocs, and I don't have any plans to add it to my portfolio. For Crocs specifically, it's in an industry that I just don't feel too comfortable about. Like, I don't want to have to worry about niche fashion trends. And since that time, Crocs is down over 9%, while the S&P is down over 2% over that same time period. And here's the thing. It was actually trending up versus the S&P for most of that time until their latest earnings release on November 2nd. So let's see how they performed this year. So they gave the following guidance for 2023 in their Q4 2022 earnings call. Q1 revenues to be up 27 to 30%. Q1 operating margin to be 24 to 25%. Q1 earnings per share to be $2.06 to $2.19. And then full year revenues to be up 10 to 13%. Crocs specifically up 6 to 8%. Hey Dude brand up mid 20% and then full year operating margin to be approximately 26%, and then full year earnings per share to be between $11 and $11.31. All right, so there's a lot there. So let's see how they performed starting with Q1. In Q1, revenues were up 33.9%, Crocs brand was up 19%, and Hey Dude brand was up 104%. Their Q1 operating margin was 27.9%. Their Q1 earnings per share was $2.61. So they basically hit on all their quarterly numbers and they provided Q2 estimates and full year updates as well. Q2 revenues would be 6-9%. Q2 operating margin would be about 26%. And Q2 earnings per share to be about $2.83 to $2.98. They updated full year revenues to be 11-14%. Crocs specifically 7-9%. And Hey Dude stayed the same at mid-20%. 
They updated their full year operating margin to be 26 to 27 percent and their full year earnings per share to be $11.17 to $11.73. So let's see how they did in Q2. Q2 revenues were up 11.2%. Crocs brand specifically was 13.8%. And Hey Dude was up only 3%. Their Q2 operating margin was 30.3%. And their Q2 earnings per share was $3.59. So again, they had a really good quarter, but the Hey Dude revenues were down by quite a bit. And as you saw, the growth guidance from Q1 to Q2 was reduced dramatically. Plus, they provided guidance to Q3 as well. And Q3 revenues were predicted to be 3 to 5%, Q3 operating margin around 27%, and Q3 earnings per share to be between $3.07 to $3.15. They also updated their full year revenue guidance to be 12.5% to 14.5%, with Crocs specifically between 12 and 13%, and Hey Dude now down to 14 to 18%. They updated their full year operating margin to be 27.5% and their full year earnings per share to be between $11.83 to $12.22. So now let's take a look at how Q3 went. Q3 revenues were up 6.2%, Crocs brand specifically was up 11.6%, and Hey Dude was actually down 8.3%. The Q3 operating margin was 28.3% and their Q3 earnings per share was $3.25. So again, they technically hit their marks from their previous guidance, but there's clearly revenue decline happening and Hey Dude actually going negative for the quarter was not a good thing. Plus, their Q4 guidance confirmed that it was an ongoing trend. Their Q4 revenues would be down 1-4%, to their Q4 operating margin would be about 21%, and their Q4 earnings per share to be about $2.05 to $2.35. In addition to that, they updated their full year guidance down for the rest of the year with revenues to be up between 10 and 11%, Crocs specifically 12 to 13%, and Hey Dude now 4 to 6%. They updated their full year operating margin to be around 27%, and their full year earnings per share to be between $11.55 to $11.85. So obviously what's happening with Crocs is a growth story that's slowing. They were beating expectations early in the year and raising their guidance, but their revenue growth was slowing in each quarter, and then now it's actually negative for Hey Dude and projected to be negative overall for Q4. And we can see that the Crocs brand is actually doing really well, outpacing full-year projections pretty much all year. The Hey Dude brand has really dragged down the performance of the stock, going from projected mid-20% growth rate for the year to being likely low single digits. And the Hey Dude acquisition is what they took that $2-plus billion of debt on the balance sheet to buy. So even though from a traditional valuation perspective, Crocs as a stock looks pretty attractive, they're slowing and now declining revenue guidance combined with concerns about consumer spending and the economy make Crocs a riskier investment than just the valuation numbers suggest. And I think that's why it's down over 30% in the last six months. And the reality is that if they hadn't acquired Hey Dude, this stock would probably be doing pretty well right now with little to no debt and a brand in Crocs that's growing pretty steadily. But the Crocs management team has said that they still believe in the Hey Dude brand and they have a plan to improve sales and profitability for the brand going forward. They do expect revenue decline for Hey Dude to continue into 2024 though. And Crocs is an interesting one for me because since I made my first video, I've actually bought two different pairs of Crocs. I bought the regular clogs, which my daughter gave me one of her gibbets, the only one that I would actually wear and use. Go Spurs Go. And I got the Echo Slides, which I got a recommendation in the comments of my video, and I love them. 
I actually wear both, and now I'm a huge fan of their product. So my concerns about it being a niche fashion trend, at least for Crocs, aren't as strong as they were before. But hey dude, I think it's still kind of a mess. But Crocs is a company that I'm gonna continue watching because the market has beaten it down quite a bit, and if they can get the Hey Dude brand figured out, it actually might be a pretty decent growth story that's trading at a discount. But we'll see. So what can we take from all this? Each company and their stock is unique. There are different parts of their life cycle. They have different tendencies in terms of the guidance that they give and how they execute on it. And it's up to us as retail investors to kind of dig through all of this to be able to figure out what's worthwhile to invest in and what's not. But one constant I think that we've seen in 2023 is that any reduction in guidance or outlook is being punished by the market. And again, I think it's because there's treasuries out there that are earning 5% with no equity risk. So why would you mess with a mid-cap growth company that has a declining revenue forecast? Or a fintech that used to trade at 30 PE that has a questionable moat and declining margins? Or a media and entertainment company with a declining legacy business, an unprofitable streaming business, and high-priced parks during a time of economic uncertainty? I think those are valid questions and ones we should be asking ourselves as well. But I think as stocks keep going down, there's going to be opportunities that present themselves and continuing to monitor and dig into companies is one way that we can be ready when it happens. So what do you guys think about PayPal, Disney and Crocs? Are you buying any of them? Let me know down in the comments below. Hope you guys have a great day out there. Financial independence is true freedom. So keep building and stacking wins. And I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.